Tony Speaks and this is my lovely wife, Kim. We are the founders and co-creators of the lifestyle brand and podcast, Becoming Disciplined. Every week we meet, learn from, and share best practices with highly disciplined men and women from a variety of fields and endeavors. Follow us on our journey. Today, Becoming Disciplined is very special to me. Today I interview a young man who when I first met him, he had little to nothing. But with God, his wife, and his children anchoring his life, Justin Stanley has become a man of solid character and a successful business owner. He is a faithful husband, a loving father, and the CEO of Gutter Ethics, the leading roofing, gutter, and siding company in Northern Virginia. But today, Justin Stanley is becoming disciplined. This is part two of our interview with entrepreneur Justin Stanley. Now, brother, brother Justin, what book outside of the Bible do you recommend that has helped you the most on your life journey? I know you're a big reader. Leaders are readers, and yeah. you may not be uh, always physically reading it, but you know, I know you. You Audible book and you yeah. know, podcast and everything else. So, what book has helped you the most outside of the Bible? So I'm gonna go. Can I give a couple real quick? Sure, brother. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So. There's a ton. I mean, if anybody can see that, man, these are just my recent books, man. I mean, I got books for days, you know. Um, that's my thing, man. That's my thing. I mean, you'll catch me. Um, you know, I know some some uh, people of the faith of Christianity might uh, snarl at this a little bit. Uh, here recently, I have found myself very much um, intrigued with, you know, the likes of like Socrates. And and you know some of the Greek philosophers. I mean, some of the some of the you know two sentence, one sentence punchlines them boys had was just like you know just you know treat every day as if it's an own individual life you know kind of thing and stuff like that. We're just like, man, can you imagine if you did wake up every day and treat it like its own individual life? Like, how would you act? How would you carry yourself? How would you handle yourself? But getting back to you know the question, I would say the three for me, man. And I wanted to pull it up just to make sure I, I get them correct. Is um, I, I, again, man, ooh, that's a good question, man. I'm gonna have to give, I have to give you four, bro. I'm gonna have to give you four. It's um, so the first one it blew my mind, and again, I know some people this is gonna be controversial, but it's um, I think I resonated with him because he's from Wise County, Virginia. Um, he was a country boy that didn't even have shoes or belt to his 12 and he ended up advising presidents and there's some controversies surrounding his name if you dig deep enough into him but you know uh thank the girl rich napoleon hill man um that that book that book for me um you know you know they refer to things as like um subconscious in the ether uh you know and 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 napoleon you know talks about Christ quite a bit, actually, and talks uh, about his te the teachings and, and things. But that book, when people hear the name, they think to themselves like, oh, man, thank and grow rich. You know, they right off the bat think it's just monetary, monetary, monetary. But he even goes in depth of talking about how you should even eat a plate of food, of how you should chew your food slowly, how you should have no um, sense of anxiety or 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 anger in you during the course of eating because it will not allow the food to digest properly. Um, so that book, Think and Grow Rich, that really blew my mind. Um, 
Another one is um, Earl Nightingale. Uh, you know, it's a lot of his just his teachings put together. The man is extremely unique. Um, but the um, the essence of success, you know, he he really kind of uh, segue off of uh, as a man thinketh, um, which um, if I recall correctly, bear with me, brother, bear with me, because I want to make sure. Yeah, Wallace, uh, I believe it was Wallace Waddles. Uh, who created uh, As a Man Thinketh, which arguably some could say was the first real self-help book ever, if you want to call it that. And and he was really, for his time, was considered very, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost risque in his thought, because he, as a, as a Christian himself, he believed it was almost your your duty as a, as a Christian to become financially well off, because he, he, he felt and believed that you, you could not do charitable goods or things for other people without monetary means to, to put things into action. You couldn't build the local church, the local school. You couldn't create the wells that were needed. Um, Who was that again? Uh, Wallace Wattles. Wallace Wattles. Wallace Wattles. As a man thinketh. And, um, and, and, he, and, and one of his other fundamental teachings was is that he believed that the world was so abundant that there was no need for any of us to be harping and hating on each other, that there was enough in this world from monetary success to the capacity of being able to grow food and plant food, to have food, to harvest food, that none of us should be fighting each other for it. There's enough for everybody to really go around, not just enough for, and, and, and let's just be real, you know, if there weren't some things in place that would manipulate it, there really is, there really is. But unfortunately we've put things in place that, you know, hinder that. And one here recently um, that I came across that there's no way I'm going to be able to word it, to put it in, to, to really kind of make it, uh, I guess, you know, maybe uh, come off um, in an eloquent manner. But it really blew my mind was um, Atomic Habits um, by James Clear. And it's only about three years old. And um, the essence of this book is, uh, one second, bro. <clears throat> the essence of this book is uh, amazing because, again, it's, it's elementary, man, but because we all know these things and we feel these things. But simply, it's just that the habit is what creates who you are. So, for example, you know, and this is the best way I have, I have found to extract what he's trying to teach out of this book and just apply it is, you know, you as the old saying goes, you are what you do, not what you think. You know, even though I just told you there's a book title saying, as a man thinketh. Right. But as a man thinketh, if he think enough, he starts to do um, is so in theory is if you if somebody said to you right now, hey, man, are you a runner? Then if you didn't run, if you're a truthful person, you would answer no. But that very next night, if you started to run an hour every night for the next 20 days and you come across that person, and they looked at you and said, hey, are you a runner? Right. You can absolutely answer now. Yes. So your habits are the, the creator of your internal dialogue, therefore what you portray to the world. Mm -hmm. And so this book is really about just recognizing that you arguably can become whatever you want, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to come through the habits that you have put in place to become that. Because, and that's where just getting over fear and just starting to do something, that, that doing and we all know that feeling when, you know, you got that task or that thing. I mean, it could be as simple from taking out the trash all the way to 
shaving your bald head when you sign the rock the toilet bowl a little bit too much. You know, anything and everything, the moment you do it, all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, that felt good. Man, I've been putting that, why was I putting that off? Why was I putting that task off, man? I feel good. And so in theory, what he's trying to say is just simply that, like, just start doing it. Because before you know it, the, the subconscious is a, is a beautiful thing. It does, Earl Nightingale said it like this, you know, the subconscious is like a, is like a, you know, a, a farm. It does not care whether you plant strawberries or nightshade. It has no intent. It does not care what you give it. And so going back to the idea of habits, same thing, brother, is like you, if you just keep doing the habit, well, then you are now that habit because you are doing, you're actually doing it. How can you not say you're that? And so your internal subconscious, going back to the fact that it doesn't care whether your internal con, it doesn't care whether you don't run or do run. It really doesn't. But whatever you choose to do on a continuous basis, it's going to start siding with that. And it's going to start projecting that. It's going to start answering that. And guess what you are now? You go to church. If you study every night, one would say you're studious. You don't study every night. You're not studious. It's really as simple as that. Doing is your existence. So it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a, it's a beautiful one. And the last one I got to give out because it's, uh, I think it, it just, uh, it's, uh, it's a trip I, I would encourage it for anybody to listen to for no other reason than just to shake you up. It's called The Last Lecture. Uh, it's a college professor who was diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer. He knew, he knew he was going to pass away. He knew it. Like it was done. Wrap it up. At least that's in his words. And he decided to start writing this book and he proceeded to work the whole time, do everything he was going to do. He was going to work. He was raising his kids. He's married. And the book is the audio version is the way to listen to it because it's his voice. And you're hearing all the emotion of him, like literally, you know, five months out from his death and he's exhausted from chemo. And his son says something to him like, dad, can we go out and play? And, he, and everything in him wants to say, I'm just tired. But he, he knows, like, dude, I, I'm five months away from being dead. What do you mean, no? Like, and this goes back to that veracity that I was talking about in my life, that veracity of having that, like, you know, and he would just push himself through. I mean, dude's an hour out of chemo. Like, the man's dying. And he's yet still working a 50, 60-hour week, married, kids, still doing this, doing that, living like he's not going to die, knowing he's going to die. In his eyes. And he did. He passed away. Um, and the book is just like, you're listening to this man say these things. You're like, bro, what if that was your narrative right now? Like, would you be complaining about the dishes? Would you can be complaining? And going back to that Atomic Habits book, that's another thing he teaches in that too. It's about changing your wording. I have to call these 20 customers back. Or is it I get to call these 20 customers back. I have to do the dishes. No, I get to live in a beautiful house where I get to do the dishes because we just ate great, amazing food and I have this beautiful thing called a dishwasher where I just put them in, push a button, does it do that bad? So again, all these combinations of these informations and theories and muddling them together of just trying to have this constant, you know, positivity of life, brother. This constant positivity of life. That is awesome, that is awesome. Now, what is your favorite biblical passage? Oh, man, I could go so many ways with that one, too. Um, you know, uh, I can't remember who was it that was sleeping and he asked him to pray. He was asking him to pray for him and he went away and they came back and they were sleeping. Yeah, and he's Peter, like, Peter, John, Peter, and Peter. 
Yeah. 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 And he, and he looks at him and he's like, he's like, ah, and it's like basically like, ah, go back to sleep. Right. <laughs> like, it's like Jesus was really in this real place of just like, <clears throat> it's, it's all those, when I read it, it's all the visual that it creates of, you know, everything from, can this child's pass my hand, you know, all this, you know, just everything about all those visuals that I see in my head. When I think of all that, just, um, Again, I could answer you in so many ways. I mean, I could, you know, me personally, like my favorite is the book of James because I just felt like it was so real. Because I feel, me personally, I feel like sometimes, you know, as believers, we get caught up in this. Uh, and again, this is my personal walk of faith, you know. Uh, oh, you know, you know, it's not your works. It's not your works. It's not your works. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, at the same token, bro, you can't know you're supposed to be doing these things and then just not be doing it. You know, so as James talks about, you know, Faith without works is like, you know, a, a body without a, a head, you know, and it's like, so, uh, you know, I, if, if, so if you, if you see a common thread here, the common thread is, you know, hey, Jesus, can you give me a healthy family and I won't bother you with the small stuff, the works, you know, um, uh, faith without works, you know, the, the common thread here is for me is that I don't want to have a relationship with God just where it's based upon me doing nothing. And me doing nothing for this world and me doing nothing for him. And, oh, Jesus saved me. And he's going to just, you know, he he is just, I am, yes, I am saved. I am washed by the blood. I'm all those things. Now let me just sit back on my couch and do whatever the heck I want and not care about anybody else in this world and just be lazy. <laughs> you know, so so it's it's just... Um, to your question, man, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, really kind of bringing up to just when he was crucified of just realizing that he, uh, again, if you, again, I can go back with so many common threads here. Why do you think I liked the book, you know, the last lecture, Amen. the understanding of where he was at, at the end, you know, Jesus understanding this at the end, these, these, these overwhelming resonating feelings of like, you know, he's sweating blood, you know, and he's, he's realizing this is, this is happening. And, and, you know, and, and then I always try to think of it from the perspective of Mother Mary. I try to think of seeing, man, and this is where, like, you know, I got to watch myself, man. I could tear up a little bit. You know, I try to envision, you know, like, you know, my wife seeing my son like that. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, right. you know, I can only, and, and, and my wife always says that. She's always like, man, I always think about Mother Mary looking at Jesus like, yes, he's God, but he's my son. Amen. You know, look, and look at y'all. Like, what are y'all doing to my son? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, look at that. So it's like, it's, it's those, it's all that. And it's that intensity. It's that, that passion of what I knew he was doing and what he was about to accomplish in that, where I'm just like, man, how could you, you know what I mean? Like, how could you not read that and just be like, oh man, dude, my bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, my bad. My amen, bad. Amen. <laughs> you know, my bad. So that's amen. mine, bro. Amen. Amen. Now, becoming disciplined, we examine discipline or organization in the following areas. Spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional intelligence, financial discipline, time management, home and data organization. Now, which of these do you consider your strongest points? Which could use some work? And, and if you have one that could use some work, what's your plan in 2021? to develop in that weak area. Now, most of my, most of my attendees, they have to, let me, let me read them off to you again. All right. Yep. Uh, yep. I was about to say, I was about to ask you. Yeah, yeah. Everybody needs them two or three times. Spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional intelligence, 
financial discipline, time management, home, and data organization. So which of those are your strong point? Which, which, one, which one is your strong point? What's your weak point? And what's your plan with the weak point? Strong points um, are mental and physical. I can roll, bro. I can roll. I mean, I can, I can get it. I can get it. Um, sleeping the dead. You know what I'm saying? I got energy for days, bro. Um, and then that also coincides with mental toughness. You know, when, you know, when, when everybody else wants to sleep, I'm good. I'll grind it out. I mean, and, and anybody who doesn't believe me to put that in perspective, like I said, I was up at three o'clock this morning. I probably won't go to bed till 11. I got to get up at three again. My daughter's got to be at the barn by five. We got to be at a horse show down in Richmond by seven. And we probably won't get home till 11 p.m. And I'll be in my shop tomorrow by 4.30 a.m. Come keep up. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, like, you know, feel free to come keep up. And I'm going to get a workout in, in tomorrow. Um that I'm, I'm good on that financial. I'm good on. I understand again. My brain works in numbers. My brain works in buckets. You know, I understand that if uh, you know if you get a if you get a if you get a running a red light ticket, which you know I'm just using as an example, and it costs you eighty bucks, and then four days later your wife says, "Hey, let's get this for eighty bucks." Boom! There's the bucket, right? I saw the money went to this one bucket. It should have went to this bucket. So that's where the mental discipline comes in. Like, hey, live a clean, straight life. You know, don't exasperate resources here so you can apply them here um i i, I would say is I, th I think a lot of uh go-getters struggle with this is going to be time management because I, I can only speak for myself is i want to squeeze as much as i can in my day it's like so for for example for me one to be clear I work in a very volatile, ever-switching career um, because of the rain. And the and I, and I got to make sure I, I bring that up because I'll give an example. Because of the rain in the last week and a half, my phone system has logged over 700-plus phone calls, let alone emails. So, so in other words, where, you know, a lot of careers where you're like, I got this meeting at 12. I'm going here. I got this luncheon. I got to go here. I got to have this reporting by Tuesday at this time. Nah, bro, throw all that out the window. My line of work, that means nothing. It's like, bro, you could have all that stuff lined up. Then all of a sudden, if you get berated by phone calls and emails because of the outside volatility that creates, you know, work for you, we gonna we gonna not pick up them phone calls. We gonna not. These are customers wanting to give you money. You right. know what I mean? So it's like, you know, you pick them up, and it's like it's like if you were to own a hair salon, and then all of a sudden, you know, everybody woke up that morning and 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 took scissors and chopped their own hair wrong and needed to get a fix cut. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, boom, like, what are you going to not take those calls? Right. So in other words, I, I do work in an industry in a life where my, 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 my time can be as organized as I want it to be. And then it can get flipped on its rear case in point. Me and you were supposed to be having this at five 30. We had it at six 30, et cetera. Um, and, and so I'll admit I'm a, I like to squeeze in as much as I can in my day. Uh, you know, so going back to the, the lack of sleep thing, again, you always notice a common thread with me. If you listen to what I talk about, there's always, there's always, there's always things and then byproducts. And the byproduct of lack of sleep is not because I just don't want to sleep a lot. It's like, no, it's a byproduct of my life that I have to sometimes just pu push myself through. You know, it's like, well, I don't know, working on quotes till 12 o'clock tonight. I got to do it. I got to, you know, I told this customer I'd get it done. Um, so, so that to solve that, 
you know, praise be to God, we live in 2021 in this sense. There's a lot of automation. There's a lot of things out there. You know, we're implementing a new voicemail system that's going to have AI that's going to literally communicate with the client back, you know, and it's going to recognize common questions and themes and be able to just have a conversation with that customer and implement things like where they can say, hey, you know, I want to do this, I want to do that, fill out this form, get on the schedule, et cetera. We're hiring another administration, uh, somebody, a second administration staff uh, to be able to take on certain things and take all things off my back, which look, as, a, as an entrepreneur, there's two things that you, you, you struggle with as an entrepreneur always. I mean, let's just be real. You get in the business to work for yourself, but yes, to also make money. Um, so from that money perspective, you know, anytime you hire somebody, uh, they're, 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 that money is coming from the bottom line, right? Like, so like there, there's got to be your either when you hire somebody, there's two things they must be giving you one or the other and or both, but it's usually one or the other, which is they're either producing income for you. So in my, in my case, in my, you know, situation, a field tech who can go out there and get work done and upsell work or sell, you know, work that needs to be sold during the inspections. Um, so again, in another way, think of that somebody in a, in a again, a barbershop, somebody who can cut hair, you know, producing income. Um, and then there's somebody who like administrative, who is giving you back your time. They're taking things off of your plate administrative wise, and they're giving you back your time. They're not going to produce a lick of income. They're not going to sell anything. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to create a dollar at all. They're going to consume dollars would give you back your time. You know, um, one could argue maybe they stay on top of accounts receivable. So, uh, you know, therefore they do, you know, get money in that sense. Because just, you know, chase down money that you're made. We interrupt our programming for a brief commercial message. Good morning. Good afternoon or good evening. Whatever time it is in your time zone. At least on my time, it's it's after church, and I don't know about you. Sometimes after church, I'm just lacking energy. Courtney, yes. Can you get me? Can you get me a uh, one of them vitamins that your mama takes? There you go, Daddy. Mm. Let me try one of these. Tastes pretty good. My God, my God, Q! What do you have in there? It's made with vitamins B9 and B12. It's it's great for my overall health. It's made with pectin, a unique fiber in fruit peels. It's simple and delicious. Q, did you know that more people search apple cider vinegar in the U.S. than tea? Google has 15,000 people searching that word every day in the U.S. alone. Q, how can more people get this gummy? If you want to support the podcast, or if you're looking to improve your health, you can order these gummies at https forward slash forward slash go.goalie.com forward slash becoming discipline. Don't forget to use our promo code becoming discipline. Uh, so getting back to the solution, that's it. We're going to uh, deploy a lot of automation, which we've already worked on and have some of it's already in place. Um, and then just boots on the ground, man. Extra people who can step in and, you know, clean that plate. Amen. Amen. Now, 
now's the time when we get to talk about gutter ethics. Amen. We 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 want to tell us all about where your where your business services. Where do you go? What do you provide for people? Um, you know, what value do you bring to the marketplace? Tell us all about that because we want to know about it. You have given us one of the best interviews that we've ever had. So we definitely want to know. I know that there's going to be people who are going to always, whenever they have a gutter problem, they're going to be thinking about Justin Stanley in this interview. So tell us about where you service, what you do, what you don't do, what kind of calls you want. Tell, tell us all about your business. Uh, so we're based in uh, Springfield, right off of uh, Backwick and Auburn Station across the, uh, in, you know, one of the kind of central points there is landmarks is the oil tankers on 95 on the other side of 95, 95 southbound. Uh, UPS is right there. Um, we're based in there. Uh, that's where our shop is. We service, man, we service all of Northern Virginia. We service as far south as uh, Spotsylvania and King George. Um, we're working to maybe getting down into Richmond in those areas. Um, uh, we go out as far west as like, you know, um, Aldi and all that, you know, Leesburg, Loudoun. Um, and we even have gone as far south as like Montrose, you know, and stuff like that, just depending on what the job is. But so we offer solutions in roofing, siding, windows, gutters, external carpentry, external carpentry, meaning like patient soffit, break boards, the trim on the outside of your house. And when I say solutions, I mean all the way from repairs to complete replacements, uh, emergency services, you know, where people call in and have need tarps on the roof or this, that and the other, uh, which trust me, we deal with. We actually had a couple today and a couple yesterday. Um, and um, and we work with all facets of the materials, you know, so whether you have a row home in, you know, Alexandria, that's, you know, what we call a flat roof, EPM rubber, to a, a shingle roof, to a slate roof, copper gutters, aluminum gutters, wood windows, vinyl windows, you know, fiber cement siding, vinyl siding, it does not matter. Uh, and then we also offer just simple gutter cleaning, uh, which, you know, the way we look at that is... Um, a way of building a relationship with the client. You know, I always make the analogy of it's like walking into a restaurant and getting a glass of water and an appetizer. You know, it's like, look, if you won't let me do that, then how can you earn my business to come back with a part? You know, so um, a lot of companies in my industry will say things like, oh, we don't do that. That's too small. That's for the birds. And again, think about a restaurant telling you that when you just walk in and say, hey, man, I just want to get some mozzarella sticks and a glass of water. You know what I mean? It's like, well, how do you expect me to come back and try all your amazing Italian dishes? You know, so um, really big about building that relationship and taking that relationship and compounding it and earning that trust and earning that that business. Um, and, you know, from a data perspective, because right, we live in a, a world of data nowadays, you know, getting that customer into our CRM and creating that, that relationship and creating those, you know, maybe sometimes, you know, campaigns where we reach out to them through emails or text message alerts and just, again, compounding that relationship. You know, it's uh, urgent, that and the other. I'm wearing everybody out here in Northern Virginia or anything like Richmond's Richmond's popping as well, too. My industry is very much saturated, respectfully, to all those out there who may do this in their line of work or whatever. Because uh, anybody who's watching this can tell, like you said, I got the gift of gab. That's not a problem. I can run my mouth with the best of them. I can sell with the best of them. And the majority of my guys can, too. But there's a massive difference between a practitioner and a salesperson. The majority of my industry is saturated with salespeople. Or if you were to look them square in their eye and say, could you get up there and do any bit of the work you're talking about right now, the answer is no. Not only no, but they literally would be terrified to maybe do it, you know, because you're 30, 40 feet in the air, whatever the case may be. Um, so think about that from the perspective of like, you know, 
if you already have an elective knee surgery? Can you imagine sitting there talking to somebody for four or five hours and you finally look at it and say, so how many surgeries have you done? No, me, none. I've never done any. Well, then why are we talking? Right. <laughs> you know, like, 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 you know, just enough to be dangerous. Why am I not talking to the doctor? You know, so and, and again, or you flip that 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 perspective of imagine having a mechanic, a master mechanic as your car salesman. Can you imagine him or she looking at you and saying, ah, that model right there, bro, had a lot of issues with the transmissions. What you should be waiting is waiting on is next year's model. They redid the transmission. They did this. They did that. So from our point of view as a business model where we feel we really separate ourselves is, you know, everybody in my, my company can do the work they talk about. And you very, they very well may be the ones coming back to do the work. So, um, again, no different than meeting your doctor or your dentist who's actually going to be the one telling you to say, ah, um, that's our thing. And, and a lot of our customers enjoy that because, you know, it's um, when you show up to somebody's house and they say, hey, I have roof leaks. And um, you throw up a 40-foot ladder and you start to climb up there. And, again, I mean, to most people watching somebody climb a 40-foot ladder going – on a, on a 9-12 pitch, that is like, you know, palms are sweaty, et cetera. And just to see somebody do that, it's like, wow, man, y'all are doing this free today, you know, this inspection. And uh, so when people uh, see that and then they say to us, hey, you know, you're the first one that's got on my roof to look at my roof. Now, now again, just listen to that. You're the first one who's got on my roof to look at my roof. Mm. So I only say all this to kind of separate ourselves from the fact that, and just to tell anybody, if you're inviting anybody out to your residence, whether it be an HVAC, plumber, what we do, I tell everybody, I'm like, look, if they show up and their truck looks way too clean and crisp and those ladders look like they've never been used, and you can't see a lick of dirt on those hands or calluses, trust me, man, you got you got somebody cheesing you. Right. You got somebody cheesing you at the residence. And, and what I always tell people is two things, too, to always look for is if they got a ton of time to sit in your living room and talk to you about a sale. Rest assured, they're going to make up for that time on the price point, right? Because why would anybody who's really busy have just so much time to give away freely? Right. And secondly, if they're extremely available. As a consumer, I know that feels good to call somebody and say, I have an issue. Can you come out? I can be there this evening. I can be there tomorrow. Think about that. Again, going back to the analogies of the restaurant or the doctors. If you called your, your, your doctor up you know, for that surgery on your knees and said, hey, I, I'm ready to get my knees worked on. Not a problem. Come in tomorrow and we can have the surgery done on Friday. Why are you so available? If you're so good. Like, why? You know, so, and again, I know that feels good from a consumer perspective because we as humans like to think, check the box. Look at that, sweetie. Hey, look at that. I call the plumber, sweetie. It's going to be out tomorrow. See that, babe? I get things done. Right. But no, you're actually calling the dude who's got way too much time on his hands. He obviously is not in demand or the company is in demand. And they have a good amount of salespeople in place who are ready to deploy and come out and sit in your living room, give you a dog and pony show and sell you way more than you probably need and or exasperate the price. And that's why they can justify sitting in your living room for four hours, because they're going to make sure you pay for them four hours. Mm -hmm. I got two weird questions for you. Um, and I'll probably edit these out because they're so weird. So... Uh, <laughs> Question number one, sometimes and I'm just going to admit a phobia that I have, and I know the man of God should never have any phobias. Uh, you're good, brother. We but, all have it. But I, I'll admit I have this phobia, uh, especially as a preacher, because if a preacher ever gets hit by lightning, then everybody is going to be like, hey, look, that preacher, you know, he wasn't really preaching. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm always like, Lord, protect me from lightning. And, you know, so my yeah, question yeah, yeah. to you is this. Uh 
is you know uh does that ever get into your head uh with the electricity when you're going up there on those roofs and it might be a little overcast or whatever else oh you yeah think about it or no no i mean you got to be mindful of everything you know i'm i my, first and foremost all my team members you know so getting back to of us you know we have our workers comp and our liability um and not just workers' comp liability, you got to have the right class codes and you got to have the right amount. So think of that from the perspective of a doctor saying, I can practice medicine. Yeah, but what medicine can you practice? Or a lawyer saying, I can practice law, but what law can you practice? So same thing, workers' comp is not just workers' comp. You have to be audited on the class codes of the style of work you do because they have different risk levels. So if your landscaper is telling you he can get on your roof, no, he can't. Right. Because I can assure you for his butt to stay on the ground, it's a lot cheaper for him to, than, to than get on that roof. So his audit... His workers' comp doesn't know he's doing that. Um, and the same thing with, you know, the amount of insurance. You know, if somebody fell off the roof, God forbid, you know, they say, oh, I got workers' comp. Hey, bro, $100,000 ain't a lot if somebody falls three stories. You know, you want about $2 million in place at a minimal. Um, so now I'm being technical in that, that sense. But getting back to your point is, one, all my team members have full permission and right, not even permission, they just know that because they're, smart adult men who want to go home to their wife and kids too. No, if they show up to a scenario and they don't feel safe, I don't care how the situation is. Execute it safe manner. They have every bit of confidence to look and say, God bless, can't help you out today. Can't do it. Oh, but my roof, it's leaking. This is that. I, I, ma'am, I understand, but I don't have to set up equipment we weren't aware of. Weather is... Your kind of material of your roof is this. It's slippery, a metal roof, a slate roof. I can't get any grip on that in the middle of a rainstorm. You know, I don't have another team member to assist me with, whatever the case may be. They, they have every capacity. You know what? I'm out. I'm gone. You froze up on me, time, just, you know, brother. Yeah. So they know they know they can get out. So getting to your question is, yeah, I mean, it's something, <clears throat> it's something we think about, but it's probably not thought about too much because they know if they pull up and they're like, oh, nah. I'm good. I'm not, nah, I'm good. Nah. <laughs> like, I'm good. No, I'm good. So, yeah, we think about it, but we don't because we just know if it's in that, if it's, if it's to that extreme, roll out. I hear you. I hear you. Now, the, one more other weird question. I'm starting to hear or see, uh, more see than hear. Uh, there's these Lego looking roofs where they are like all, uh, it looks like one giant piece that, you know, like most of, most of the time they're green. And they look like they would just put like one piece over the house. What are those called, or, or, or and how does that affect your business? You know what I'm talking about. Is it, like, is, it, is, it, is, it is it a flat roof or a pitch roof? It's a pitch roof, and I'm seeing a lot. I've even seen a couple in my neighborhood. The HOA is allowed like one or two in my neighborhood, where it looks like a, the best way to describe it is like it's like a giant piece of plastic that it's like a giant piece of plastic that's put on people's roofs instead of tiles. Or instead of, um, uh, is there are these are there these little seams going up the middle of it, like little lines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's a that's a that's a that's a metal roof. That's a okay. that's an aluminum. Uh, we refer to it as a technical term is called a standing seam roof. That's where the seam we call it standing seam because the seam stands up, and it's these metal panels. Uh, usually, you know, uh, baked on enamel paint that you get that you install and you hem them. You know, you hem the seams together. They're amazing. They're amazing roofs. They they can last uh, a lifetime. I and mean, you can install one at twenty years old and 
literally probably die before you need to replace it. Um, there would be some maintenance involved, maybe. Um, you know, you might have to paint it and do this, that, and the other. But they're not cheap either. They're also probably two two thirds the cost more than the average, you know, kind of shingle roof. So, you know, that's when you have to ask yourself, like, well, hold on. If I can get a roof for fifth hypothetical number here, if I can get a roof for fifteen grand, that's going to last me forty five years, and I'm already thirty. Why do I need to spend forty five grand? That's going to last me 90 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. Like, like, you know, right. like, mm. <laughs> so, you know, so a lot, so a lot of people, uh, a lot of people who install them, it's more of a, uh, an aesthetics thing at that point to kind of have that farmhouse look, that farmhouse rustic vibe. Uh, at that point, you're just wanting to look the part. That's all. Mm, okay. Now, do, the, do those rooms affect your business at all? <laughs> no, I mean we 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 work on them and install. Okay. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Now, so we're again anything we yeah, anything we can handle it. Um, so yeah, we install. Okay. Awesome. 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 Now, Justin, we can't thank you enough for coming on. You didn't have to do this. You didn't need to do this. We truly appreciate you. You have the last word. Our audience, you know, should know your audience. Our audience is typically thirty-year-olds to fifty-five-year-olds. Who've not given up on life? I call them the Get Better Club, and Amen. they're just people trying to get Amen. better and, and 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 be better versions of themselves. Do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? Because I remember being specifically asked a question one time by a younger man. You know, he saw um, my wife driving her, you know, her her beautiful F two fifty decked out. You know, that you know paid cash for. You know, and, and he asked, and he was like, "Man, you know, man, you know, it was a neighbor of mine." And um, and, I, and I started proceeding to give him the answers. I was like, you know, I work when you're off. I, I'm up when you're asleep. Um, you know, and I, I, pre I proceeded to explain to him the grind. And I'm going to tie this back into everything. This is not me gloating. You know, all humility here. Because uh, remember what I said earlier, everything's a byproduct, right? Out of necessity. Like, I, I have become who I am because of necessity, not because I want to be this way. Um, and also that veracity of that second chance, um, is, you know, I remember explaining to him and I said, yes, yeah, so you got two options here, young man. I said, either you can believe me and you can proceed to start putting these things into action to get it as well. Or I said, you can choose to not believe me, which then just discredits this whole question and this whole little conversation we're having. Cause it's like, well, hold on, how, you're approaching me. You're asking me. And if I proceed to answer you, and if you're intimidated by the answer because it makes you feel less than me, that's on your own insecurities, not mine. I'm just a bystander that got asked a question, now I'm given the answer. And if you have an insecurity that makes you feel inferior, that now paints me as a liar, that's your problem, not mine. Give me the benefit of the doubt that I'm telling you the truth. Because if not, then why the heck are you even asking? Mm. Um, so... Going back to the distraction narrative, I would say, you know, um, searching information, you know, it's, it's interesting. People say, I don't have time to start a side hustle, but they have time for two hours of Netflix. You know, I don't have time for this with my wife and or husband, but I have time to flip through TikTok for a half hour. You know, I don't have time to do this with my kids, but I have time to do this in life. 
I, I get together and play poker with my guy friends and smoke cigars, <clears throat> but I could not tell you my daughter's favorite movie. I raced home last night in an hour and a half of traffic last night. My friend called my wife up, said, sweetie, drive Sabella up to the movie theaters. Uh, she wanted to see Spirit. Remember, she, she's a horse. She's in the horseback riding. The movie just came out, horseback riding movie. Um, I knew I'd be late if I came home and picked her up. So I said, sweetie, can you drive her up? Uh, to the movie theater. I literally, I mean, Duke's a hazard, bro. I'm pulling out. You know, I'm busting into the parking spot. I'm, it's pouring rain. I'm getting out. I'm running in. And I kid you not, my friend, going back to that time management perspective, squeezing those days, I pull, I'm sitting my butt in the seat literally as it goes, spirit. <laughs> you know? And, and, the point, and the point is, is that I could have easily said, man, I'm Dude, I've, I've been working for 14 hours. I'm coming home. I'm going to rest. I'm going to my butt and go to sleep. Or I, or, I des- or I deserve a guy night. Right. I deserve right. to get together with the boys. And look, for those who hear this and they're like, Shh, this dude, you know, look at him. It's me, me, me. Or, hey, no, no. Remember, the moment you think it's me, 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 that's your problem right there. That is the problem. People want answers. But then when they proceed to get the answers, they're either offended by the answers because those answers are more intense than what they would be willing to do. The way I heard it said best one time was, and I know I'm bouncing a little bit, but I really want to make sure I drive this home, is I can't remember that. Colin, I think is his name. I might be mispronouncing. Climbed the, those, uh, those rock face walls in Yosemite. Free climbed them. I would strongly suggest you watch the movie. Dude, what this dude is doing, I'm going to put it right now and say it. He's the best athlete of all time. Like the, the, the fact that this dude is climbing these mountains you know, El Capitan with no harnesses or no nothing. He's the best climber ever and, and, and best athlete ever, as far as I'm concerned. And and I love what he says. At one point, he says somebody was watching him and they were just so nervous watching. And he looked at him and said, just because you're nervous doesn't mean I'm nervous. Like, that's why I'm doing this. I'm comfortable. So the point in that statement is, is you know, hey, man, just because you think it's crazy to go on off, off only three and a half, four hours of sleep so I can make sure I provide for my kids doesn't mean I think it's crazy. So the fact that you wanted the answer and now that you're getting the answer, you're offended or you, again, you want to call me a liar. That's your problem, bro. So instead of, instead of going into the library, like Andrew Carnegie, how he created it for us for the most part, instead of searching out all this amazing information in this world that it's just right at our hands that yes, we have to be careful with, be mindful of it, you know, where it's coming from, what funnel it's coming through, what filter it's coming through. I get it. Yes. But there's so much out there to answer your questions and your scenarios and your situations all the way from just fixing your, but yet you binge watching something on Netflix. Right. <laughs> everybody wants, everybody wants to be aligned until it's time to kill. Everybody wants something. But are they, as the old saying, I mean, dude, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to put it in? And, you know, and I've, I've honestly had to come to a conclusion in my life that, again, math, math, mathematics, there's a reason why there's X amount of people who are willing and there's X amount of people who are not, which the number who is willing, actually, I should be doing it like this because the, the amount who's willing is a lot lower than the ones who are not willing. And, and that's because, you know, in my opinion, that it's it's just if there was more of this, we would almost have a world on super blast, on super crazy, you know, and it would probably get almost tyrant like. Um, but we have really 
you know, gotten ourselves to a place where, you know, comfort is amazing. Earl Nightingale said it like this. He said, um, you know, the American economy is like a convoy. It's meant to keep up with the slowest vessel. And um, a, lot, a lot of people would tell you they're working. They tell you they're working. They say, I'm working. I'm working. But, I, but I'm telling you right now that uh, mother of two working three jobs, 90-hour weeks, cleaning toilets at night and busting tables in the day and studying for a real estate license, she would look at some of the people who are working 30-hour, 35-hour weeks when they should be working 40, 45, but they use terms like, I snuck out of work early today. She would look at them like, dude, you're soft. You're just soft. You're butter soft, bro. Right, You're right. butter soft. And that goes back to, if you remember a little bit ago in this conversation, I said, bro, I should be a Viking. There's oh, parts of me that are archaic. You right. know, because for me, there's a fascination of that. That Remember I said earlier, there's a fascination of that superhero. So again, if you listen to this whole conversation, there's a very common thread here. Mm. And the common thread is just this intensity for life, this obsession for life, this obsession for the reality of it. The obsession, the, the obsession for how uh, uh, finite it is in the sense of living on this earth, how, how visceral it can be, this, this obsession for that it, this, is, this is not dress rehearsal, this is real, this is happening, this is right now. You are the, the minutes you're spending with me right now, you'll never get back. The minutes I'm spending with you right now, I'll never get back. The minutes these listeners are spending, they'll never get back. So I hope at any point, and anybody who's listening to this, if you don't like it, turn it off. Because you're wasting your life right now. If you think I suck as a person, if I must say it, turn this off. Because right. you are wasting your life. So Amen. that's my final words, man. Get your distractions out of your way. People got so many distractions. They can tell you about their favorite athlete from 40 years ago that never knew they existed, never will care that they existed. The athlete's done passed away by now. But their grandmother in the nursing home up the street, they haven't seen in two months. They don't know her favorite meal, and they would never call her to ask her what it is so they can go pick it up for her. Get your mind right, bro. If you have any roofing issues, please contact Justin at Gutter Ethics. Gutter Ethics can be found on Facebook.